0: Big
1: dog. <laughs> what's up? <though? laughs> I always think you know how big is going with y'all, right? <laughs> well, baby, hey, there's a lot of the gators in here, right now. in there, gated gators. gators. Lot 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 go go yeah, I call you or
0: something, go down gators. Hey, here the
1: thing is too, it ain't like soft ones. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying?
2: Everybody
1: couldn't right. be oh, a gator. Yeah,
3: oh, here he go. That's, everybody that's everybody the fact. Everybody can't make it. What happened to you? We lined up on this side. You see,
1: we lined up on this side. They you <laughs> Hey, here was man. funny. You was hitting him. I was DMing him. Like he yeah, was like, I was, "Hey, I was, on <laughs> I was waiting on this. I yeah, was waiting on this.
0: my god!
3: I was like, all right, we, we on the clock. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we yeah. on the clock no, for but a minute.' No, that's the
0: thing with the, um the four days of forty. Yeah. and everything yeah. they doing for you over there. And all we, I'm like, I said, we got to get down here yeah, and grab. Yeah,
3: man, yeah, it's, it's cool. Nah, it's the
0: the old man. You got us.
2: It's hard though. We're in a, we in the middle of a little push right now. I can't focus on the four days of forty right now. In mm. a little push right now, it's a tight little squeeze right now.
0: Yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying so. I
0: just jumped you know, up about to play in. Yeah,
2: the competitor in me. I can't really focus on that. You know what I'm saying a competitor, a competitor. yeah. Gee. I always, Listen, what you think I'm here for? If we don't win, then I don't. It ain't. It's built on winning. My ass would be over there playing in North Korea somewhere right now. If we yeah. weren't winning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you still be playing if you want with this?
2: Go watch the film, man. But you a wanna at your age. I go oh. upstairs damn. This man watch me. What I do upstairs? Now Jimmy win now. Jimmy's yeah. a Bad motherfucker. Yeah. But I go to war with them boys. Now we talking about going full court. Now I don't know how many laps I got <laughs> up and down here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now that's
2: different. <laughs> but now when we get in, we get in the one on ones. We go our spots. Yeah. Right. Shit, I get that work
1: now. I mean, you sure you been doing it in the league two decades, though. 20. You gotta think about that. Anytime you do something that long at the highest level, you different.
2: Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach. cap pin pinning it. I father here hear to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. it. way I'm feeling it get me up. Uh, on the mission get me up. Uh, knowing me I got the key. Uh, only vision I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach. cap pin pinning it. I fought here to witness it. Some of people feeling
1: Man, first off, though, one, thank you for what you said. Uh, that's the type of loyalty we run by. And from everything I've heard about you, seen about you, I think everyone knows that Udonis Haslam operates a certain way. Uh, he operates in loyalty and honesty. Uh, and some people can't necessarily handle that all the time. But for me, I like consistent folks, right? You consistent with me, you show up, you be the same way every day, I can learn to deal with you. It's the folks that do all this that I can't really rock with. So just from an outsider looking in, man, and as as a fan, I've always appreciated the fact that you seem to stay solid. So that's before we even get started, man. But welcome to the pivot. You know, listen, man, when they get this many gators around me, dog, I start to get a little nervous. Why? You know what I'm saying? Because I remember when they had me on the front line in the swamp, and I had to block Alex Brown. That was not solid game plan, (laughs) do it. That was not solid game plan, but Freaky Freddy Man, Channing, UD, the OG, welcome to the pivot. For everybody that supports our show, we appreciate you. This is a huge one for us. Uh, We can celebrate uh, the four for four that he can't right now, because he's in the heat of oh the boy. battle. I'm always uh, fumbling. Oh,
3: God yeah, I get something. Am. Yeah, I get something, my man. I <laughs> can't even celebrate with my happy dad, Come yeah. on, I'm Go get it <laughs> sorry, out, I'm man. I'm been
2: celebrating all week for you, D. You ain't, you ain't always fumbling for it. You already?
0: Right? i just be, be talking shit for you them. Saying?
3: Saying, yeah, you know, i have be talking shit yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. You, gave
1: me, you gave us the business, so yeah. I ain't say it. Yeah, T was a bad if boy. If I didn't do nothing else, I held on to that Fred rock. T was a bad boy. Hey, shout out to DraftKings. Thank you for your sponsorship. UD, man, I want to jump right into it. And I think part of why I've been anticipating this opportunity is because you got it the hard way. I'm an undrafted guy as well. I understand what that type of road is like, but we can't even get to the 20 years of playing for the Heat if we don't start with a little bit of Liberty City. And for you, just reading about you, you said in 2014, you moved into a new condo. Mm -hmm. You're going through boxes, taking out clothes. Uh, You tell your wife, you find your rest in peace shirts. Mm -hmm. You say best friend Chip, uh, Fat Fred, you know, and you felt like there was gonna be nobody left that you grew up with. When you think about making it from Liberty City, how does Udonis Haslam become this being from there?
2: Well, they knew me back then. So um, I think it was just the experiences. I there's so many losses, bro. After you go through so many losses, bro, all you want to do is win. All you want to do is see the people around you win. You know what I'm saying? So for me, dealing with the loss of my homeboys, then I lost my grandma, I lost my granddaddy, I lost my old girl, I lost my old boy. You know what I'm saying? I lost my older brother. You know, these are the losses that I'm having. And I'm normalizing this because, you know, we taught as black men deal with what you got to deal with. You get up the next day, you go to work, you, you know what I'm saying? Feet hit the ground and you handle your business. But, um, as I'm normalizing this stuff, I'm starting to realize that as I see other people around me, like this ain't really normal. Like I'm going through a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? But I'm kind of built for it and I'm getting through it. But um, I mean, it was just those experiences. You know what I'm saying? As, as those experiences start to build up and you start to have so many losses, man, you just want to see people win and you want to win. So whatever situation I was put in, even if I couldn't control it, I know I can control if I win or lose while I'm in it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't complain about the situation they put me in. This day team, they say, you didn't the coach. They gonna do what they wanna do, dog. Whatever they wanna do, they gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? So how can I win in this situation I've been put in? I've, been, I've won as a starter, i won as a guy off the bench, and i was won as a guy that I don't even hardly play no more. You know what I'm saying? There's very few guys in any sport that can move the needle with ownership, with the president, with the head coach, and can come and move the needle in the locker room. Yeah. I don't know if you can name very many.
0: It ain't many at all, bro. And that's one of the things that's crazy about you, like you smile and say, y'all knew me back then. But your maturity, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so many words I want to pop up. Like, when I got to Florida, I went to fighting and whooping ass and all this, and I'm getting compared to a dude that wasn't even at Florida no more. So right. I'm looking like, they like, yeah, oh, he over here acting like UD. Oh, this dude. So knowing me and, and then knowing you, but like you say, you can walk up to GM's executives and all that, like corporate thug and that Jeezy, that Jeezy yeah, song comes yeah. in my mind like, how the hell do you do it? Like, because let's be honest, you can walk in any strip club in Miami right now, they're going watch out. I went and had Booby
2: Traps yesterday with my son, man. What It's crazy. Yeah, man, pull up, son.
3: You know
0: what I'm saying? <laughs> I did
2: a basketball camp and I had a little bit of time and uh, one of the guys that worked for me, it was his birthday. So I said, man, let's go have a drink with Booby Traps, had a drink. Step for two hours and I went home.
0: And that's the thing. So I could walk in that same strip club. I can go on booboo track, they show me love. Sure? But I can't walk into no president. I can't go talk to Pat Riley. I, I don't have no decision maker. How did you, me and you came from the same type stuff. You made it further, you're, you're bigger. You can do more, you can talk to more people. How did the UD you talking about, how did that UD become
2: you? Once I got in the rooms with certain people and I realized that I could do what they do, I just didn't have the resources. That you weren't necessarily better than me at what you do. Um, you just had maybe a jump start at what you've done. Um, that's when the confidence started to build, like, okay, maybe I can do more than just be a basketball player. You know what I'm saying? So I started out with business. You know what I'm saying? I was a chubby kid, if anybody knows my story, I was a chubby kid, so I used to eat subway a lot. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to, I do not even want to use Jared and lost his damn mind. But remember they had the Jared commercial before Jared before <laughs> yeah. Jared started tripping out here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I <laughs> yeah. don't condone what Jared was on, but right. before that, Jared was, lost all that weight. So yeah. remember, we have to, used to have to lose weight to play football. Mm-hmm. I played football, yeah, I was a football player growing up in South Florida, so I had to make the weight to play with the kids my age. So I started out just eating Subway, man. So my first business endeavor was Subway. I said, I want to get it something that I like, something that I know. Um, around that time, I had just had a, a Liz Frank injury. I had never heard of this injury before, Well, I tore my third, fourth, and fifth metatarsal. So this is an injury that only happens in like, football players have it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, track, and they said, like, I think, horseback. It was not very many basketball players that had it, so at this time, I will turning like, damn, am I even gonna get back to the level I was at before I got hurt? Instantly jumped in front of my account. Okay, you manage a thousand other accounts that ain't athletes. What are they getting into? Where they yeah. making their money at outside of sports? The, the people that you manage that ain't me, how they make their money? Gave me a couple of different options, and I said, okay, Subway is something I like. You know what I'm saying? I used to eat Subway. I wanted, always wanted to get into something that I knew um, I was genuinely interested in that was authentic because I knew it'd it would give my best version. It won't be hard. I, you know what I'm saying? It's something I want to do. Gave me those subway opportunities. Um, I got into that first. Um, it was easy, you know what I'm saying? Tedious, like down to the pickles. Once you get that round, it's just running like, you know what I'm saying? It's running like water. Um, and then from that point on, I just continued to grow. I go sit down with the mayors. you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna call Keon Hardiman. I'm gonna come down to the commission office. Yo, what's going on in the hood? How can I help? What we need Where am I needed at? I go sit down with Mayor Francis Suarez, yo, what's going on in the city? How can I do this? Where am I needed at? When I am go over town with the homies, yo, what y'all need over
3: here? How mm. can I bridge this gap? I wanna bring it back a little bit and really just just help the people understand a little bit of the Florida lingo. Earlier when you UD said, my old boy and my <laughs> old girl, that's in Florida, that's your dad and your mom. I really just say that, just so I can slow it down and just pivot back and uh, you're you naming a few uh, names which are prominent people in the community here in Miami. You know, Kadeem Hardiman, you know, he represents, he, he's a uh, councilman that represents mainly the Overtown overtime area here in Miami and Mayor Suarez. But before that, we have a, a guy who was a, a, a superstar player at uh, Miami High, Miami Senior High. You won a few uh, state championships there, but you guys were stripped. Uh, <laughs> of a championship. Damn, Fred T, what we doing here? We doing our research I we were talking on the pivot. Stuff. No, no, we we talking about the good stuff. But in order to get to the good stuff and the triumphs, we got to always set a foundation. And I think uh, you know I've learned a lot from Ryan, and I ain't trying to learn too much from Channing because he 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 way left. But um, no, I just say that to say we're gonna do our research. We want it to be a wholesome show. They found out that your residency wasn't within the... The requirement, you were out in the efficiency in Miramar and you guys were stripped. Talk about, you know, being a young guy, you know, working hard to win those state titles and then something as petty as that can take them back. What sort of mindset were you in then? And how did that affect your next couple years before you ended up going to University
2: of Florida? I think for me, you know what I'm saying? Playing basketball in South Florida was already slim pickings if you was trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's football everywhere. You got the West, you got Central. Yeah. I mean, you can go down the line, and yep. they they spitting them out. Mm-hmm. Basketball-wise, you had to go to Miami High. Mm-hmm. It was only one place to go. You was gonna get the exposure. It was only one place to go. You was gonna get better, and you was gonna get pushed if you was that good. It was only one place to go if you wanted to get up out of the hood. You had a coach like Frank Martin. You know what I'm saying? If anybody know Frank Martin, you know what I'm saying. You know, we, we dealing with a whole different animal. You know what I'm saying? He gonna challenge you not just on the basketball court, but he gonna challenge you as a man. And so for me, the only place for me to go to get where I was trying to get to was to go to Miami High. I used my grandma's address, but I ain't the first person to use their grandma's address <laughs> and I ain't gonna be up. the last. Right Straight up. I did what I had to do to put myself in a situation to get up out of where I was at. Getting dropped off at the bus stop, having to run in my grandma's house every night so I wouldn't get robbed, I don't consider that really like, Right, the lifestyle I was looking for. Mm-hmm. You do what you got to do. So, I took my lumps, but and I'm saying I went to Miami High and I did what I had to do to get where I had to go. Man, it was no better situation, no better opportunity. Got the most state championships in the state of Florida. Got to play for a Hall of Fame coach, Frank Martin. Now coaching on the college level, man,
3: and we still have you know um, relationship today. All my homeboys I played with still got a relationship today. You know, having a successful high school career. Uh, what were some of the colleges aside from Florida who you eventually, you know, signed with? What were some of the colleges that were recruiting you?
2: I not get that call from Duke. I was looking for that call. I mean, I think everybody looks for that call. That's like that's the pinnacle, I think, of college basketball. But no, I don't think I was a Coach K kind of guy. Nah, you not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you not. I don't think I was a Coach K kind of guy, so I ain't get that call from. But Duke. you are now. I could possibly be a Coach K kind of guy. Yeah, U.M recruited me. I honestly knew if I wanted to get anywhere in life, I couldn't stay in Miami. i to get up the hell up out of here. Florida State recruited me. South Florida recruited me. You know, a lot of the schools in the state of Florida. Um, and when you got outside the state of Florida, Clemson, um, Oklahoma, I don't know why they recruited me. I, ain't had, I was never, I mean, that was it. There wasn't very many outside of Stetson, you know, schools like that. Florida was opportunity because my homeboy Brent, you know what I'm saying? So Billy had came and got a couple of us out the hood. Like Billy knew what he was doing. Billy came in. Came down to the, you know to Miami High, sat down with the coaches, with the staff. You know what I'm saying? So it was three of us supposed to go to the University of Florida. Brent was the first one. It was me and my homeboy, Seal. Seal never got in. The grades and situation didn't work out. But all three of us were supposed to go to Florida. And after I came back, Steve Blake was supposed to go.
1: You get that opportunity. You choose to go to Florida. And, you know, we've mentioned a lot about being where you're from. You're saying hopping off at the bus stop, trying to run to get home, make sure you don't get robbed or whatever it is. You know, a lot of us understand that life. Right, a lot of us understand using a different address because that was the way you could get into school that allowed you to get out of your situation. Yeah. But you go to Miami, there's the story of you meet Mike Miller, y'all hooping before the season. You know, you knock him down, you tell him there's no dunking.
2: Yeah, he tried to dunk
1: him. Yeah, it. like, we, we, we yeah. not gonna do that.
2: Yeah, but I thought that was a rule everywhere. See, this <laughs> is the thing. Once I got to Florida, I realized that everybody ain't grew up how we did. Right, right, right. right. I just thought everybody grew up the same. I thought everybody seen crackheads, I thought everybody seen drugs. I thought everybody seen violence. I thought everybody knew don't try to dunk on nobody at the park <laughs> <laughs> I thought everybody knew that. You don't try to dunk on nobody. Ain't he approach. from South Dakota though? He is from South Dakota. But I'm gonna tell you a story about my. I saw Mike in AAU basketball when I was playing for Team Florida, and we had a stick. It was me. Can not want to tell him what stick mean? When we say we had a stick, that means we was good. That's, That's another Florida why. word. So we had me, we had Tracy McGrady, we had Keon Doolin, we had Clarence Gilbert, we was loaded, man. And I saw this team that was playing before us and it was this one white boy. I said, what the hell? I, ain't never, I heard about these kind of white boys, but I ain't never seen one. Man, he was bringing it up to court. He was rebounding. He was making plays. He was posting up. He was shooting threes. I came back home to Miami. I said, man, that's a white boy out here so cold. I ain't never seen nothing like this. <laughs> a year later, he's my roommate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's funny how God worked. But that, at, from that point on, Mike was like my brother. Yeah. You remember I had to protect Mike at Florida. I had yeah, to hands I on do. somebody for Mike. I do, I do. They had me out there wilding the game. <laughs> I ain't hear the story. You done slapped somebody for Mike? Yeah, it was a football player too, man. Dwight Edge, what is his name? Who he <laughs>
0: slapped?
2: I, had I, th- I threatened to slap him. That's all I had to do. Yeah. There was a couple of people I did put my hands on. Spurrier called Billy on me, man. Spurrier say, man, listen, just keep him that. away. Keep him about. away from my guys. Whatever you do, don't run around my guys. But you, you was mad. I was up there tripping. Like the story. Dude, I was that really big
0: is. as a
1: football player. I'm about huh. to say that though. He was he, you gotta realize he's 275 though. So yes. he's not the he's a, a very large tackle. Like the first tackle in the draft that's gonna get drafted this year from Ohio State is the size he was in college. But that big dude that size, 6'7", 275 is usually a big, nice teddy bear. You can't be that big
3: and mean. But if if that's we crazy. if we if we fast forward it, you know, 15 to 20 years. What we have now, Ud could have played tight end in the NFL, or at least given it a shot, because yeah. he had that that makeup that Bill can jump.
1: But the mentality aggressive. of it. The mentality. That's of what it. you need. But he. But if you can, if you listen to his life and those things, he does have the mentality. And you talked about Frank Frank Martin. Yes. <clears throat> He's now at UMass. Yes, I believe he was at yes. South Carolina, K State. Yes. Him being your high school coach, I know that has to instill a certain thing should he enlisted a football player to come beat you come hack you at practice you read about that to get you to get you tough yeah i do y'all and um but the story i want to get to about frank it it happens in massachusetts as well is you sitting down with him after not being drafted all the things that you do in college going to final fours uh leading rebounder you do all these things and then two rounds go by in o2 and you're not drafted you're sitting with frank martin in boston at lunch and you tell them, I don't know what it is I could have done differently. I've played some of these guys. I've beaten some of these guys. And you threw a Hennessy, a one man, was it a one-man Hennessy pity, pity, pity party?
2: Yeah, one, oh. man, one night I gave myself a pity party where I had a bottle of Hennessy and a box of Black & Miles. <laughs> and that was one night, that yeah. was the one night I gave myself to feel sorry for myself. And I got to it. I stayed on American time my whole time in France. So basically I stayed up at night and I took naps during the day. And um, I went on this crazy diet, and, um, and my mindset that when I came back, you know what I'm saying, I was just going to be a different player. I think a lot of people do make the mistake of saying, oh, he made a mistake, he made this mistake, he did this, he should have picked me. Yeah, I felt like that, but then at the end of the day, it don't matter how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Because how I feel didn't get me drafted. Mm-hmm. So I took a look at myself in the mirror and said, okay, what can I do differently? Now, with that being said, I still remember the coaches and the teams that lied and said they was going to draft me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never yeah. forgot that. And- oh, I know their names, dog. <laughs> what? Every chance I get, I put that thing on there. Yeah. Every chance. Every chance. But
0: you done played 20 years. You have you have revenge from 20 plus years yes. ago?
2: Yes. Why? Nate McMillan was the coach with Seattle and he said he was gonna draft me with his second round pick. He took Reggie Evans. Now Reggie Evans is another Florida boy and he my dog. Much respect and much love to Reggie Evans. But you didn't do what you told me you was gonna do.
0: But that goes back to your to your values and why your name is so clean on everywhere on the streets and yeah. the
2: boardroom. to definitely do what I say I'm gonna do. Every time every in, time
1: in in doing what you say you're going to do what it's o three uh, you get offered a, a contract about three hundred and sixty six thousand uh, dollars for a year I I talk about numbers in that in that way because these two men don't understand the undrafted process yes. the the way that they see you, the way that even when you prove certain things, you still have to fight for a certain level of respect that's shown in money, yes. that, that's shown in contracts. But you do get that contract. It's five weeks after Dwayne Wade is drafted to the Miami Heat. What was that rookie season like in building that relationship with someone you call a brother?
2: So the thing with the Heat was, and that's how this business worked, they don't really want you until somebody else wants you. I was supposed to go to San Antonio. Okay. After I played with Miami Heat, I went to San Antonio. I had a great training, uh, summer league with San Antonio. They offered me a one-year deal. The Heat comes back after they offered me a one-year deal, and I say, okay, now we'll take them, and they offered me a two-year deal. So that's how I end up with the 300,000 the first year and about 700,000 the second year. Um, but me and Dwayne had so much in common. First of all, when he first came down, I don't know if y'all remember my homeboy, Drake, used to be with me in Gainesville all the time, troublemaker. But he used to be with me in Gainesville all the time. So my homeboy, Drake, said, man, y'all just drafted this kid out of Marquette that had a triple-double. Now mind you, I was in France. I ain't seen none of this. I don't know who the hell he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as I got a chance to meet Dwayne, I realized how much we had in common. Um, both of our mothers struggled with drug addiction, different things like that. You know, we both have fathers who came from an athletic background, played the game of basketball, but didn't reach that level that they would like to reach to. But they kicked our the ass to make sure we reached that level. And we both just had a lot of things in common. So you know, when he came down, a quiet kid, man, and we were both just working out every day. You know what I'm saying? I think at that time. The training with the heat was in the morning, you get up, you hit the track in the morning. So we was getting up, hitting the track in the morning. We'll go straight to the weight room. After the weight room, we had individual instructions, which was basically our workout. Then we'll eat lunch, we'll take out, and then we'll come back and work out again. And then we'll play pickup at overtime Youth Center, at Zoe's Youth Center. So literally every day, that was me and Dwayne's schedule. And we were just hanging out every day. And me being from Miami, I'm like, okay, you need the night off, we gonna do something. You come slide with me. You remember they had the improv? Over yeah. there in the Grove. Yeah. So we used to stay right in the hotel. Man, come on over here, man. Let me take you over here. We're going to have a good time. And that's, that's just how our relationship grew.
3: Aside from Dwayne, you had an opportunity to play with other Hall of Famers. You know, you, you, you play with Bron, Ray Allen, Shaq, yes. obviously, yes. Uh, Gary Payton. Yes. You just mentioned Wade. And, and, and those guys, you know, you, I, I think in terms of supporting cast, you're like their Robin. You, you can be the Joker, you know, if I look at it. But at the very end of it all, you're much more like Batman, protecting Gotham City. And that's what Miami is to you, Gotham City. Why is, why is Miami so important to you? you? You're Mr. Miami, you're undrafted, you've been here at this organization for 20 years. The fans love you. Why is, you know, Miami so important to you? Everything is 305, Bay County, M-I-A-O, you exemplify the South.
2: Well, you gotta understand, first and foremost, I remember a time where the South used to get disrespected. They ain't wanna listen to our music, they ain't played our music in the clubs. Yep. I go somewhere, ask to play Trick Daddy, and DJ tell me, get out of his face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So first Two and double. foremost, we got just a lot of pride, period, Right. right? from coming from the 305 and being at the bottom of the map. You know what I'm saying? So that's just who we are and what we are. Um, secondly, I have had an opportunity to come to play with a lot of greatest players that ever played a game. But at the end of the day, you're still coming to my city. Mm, right. Whoever you are, as great as you are, you coming to my city. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's always been that respect. It's always been that love. I'm giving who give to me, man. I'm at a point in my life where I love who love me back. And I've been all around the world. And nobody loves me more than these people in my city. Mm-hmm. And I'd be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Selfish as hell. Not right. to give that love back or not to use my platform. Mm -hmm. To give some kind of, you know, lifeline to these people who give me so much support and have done so much for me because at the end of the day, you got to have something bigger Mm -hmm. in this game. If you just going out for your numbers every night just to get your shots up, dog, or just to look good to get your check, you ain't going to be no champion. But if you're playing for something bigger every night, and that was just my bigger, Mm -hmm. the city, the people that depend on me, people that's watching me, because if I don't get it out of the mud or I don't handle my business, my boys going to let me know. boy your ass stunk it up tonight boy (laughs) your ass stunk it up tonight boy I mean my whole thing against Dirk and the whiskey in that Dallas finals was my homeboy telling me boy you come back here that white boy tell your ass up boy you already know what we gonna let you
3: do (laughs) you already know Dirk gonna get buckets cause that's Dirk (laughs) Dirk. but 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 you gotta have a type of heart to make sure you try and balance it out so of those three roles I mentioned Robin as being supporting Cass right or the supporter of the superstars, I mentioned the villain, protecting your teammates. Mm-hmm. A lot of them NBA guys be soft, UD. You not. We people. already know that. And then Batman. Damn. Having and protecting and having pride in your city. Of those three roles, which one did you enjoy the most? At different stages of my life.
2: Right now I enjoy being Batman. Okay. It was a time where I enjoyed being a villain. Yeah. I enjoyed the fact that, you know what I'm saying, you knew I wasn't nothing to play with. And I still ain't. But I enjoyed the fact that it just was a thing. Now I don't care about that because I think I'm more like now as Batman, even from other guys around the league. I think that's how it's grown for me to be who I am now. I'm not just the OG of this basketball team. I'm kind of the OG of the league. I have relationships with guys all over this league. You'd be surprised how many of these young guys reach out to me because social media is, you can just DM anybody. So it's other guys from other teams that just DM me and ask me a question. You know what I'm saying? So I w- I'd be surprised how many guys reach out to me and value my opinion or even care what I think. And I give that to them. What I've been able to do, because I've always made it about the young guys, when I see these young guys from my other team and I watched them play the other night and he missed a layup or a dunk, I let him know, hey, young fella, I watched your ass miss that layup the other night, tighten up, you owe <laughs> right. me one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. And this is like, my bad, OG. And at that point, I done broke the ice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And every time I see them, it's a conversation from that point
3: on. Yeah, you talk about uh, being surprised of the young guys. Uh, what was the, f- the the moment like the first time a young guy said, I wasn't even born when you started playing in the NBA? Damn. You had that moment
2: yet? Yeah. I, well, close to damn then not being born. Yeah, I had that moment, and I have it all the time. Who was the player? Shit, probably a Tyler Hero. I mean, mm-hmm. when we first got here, he was like like 18 when yeah. he first came to <laughs> us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. So he probably wasn't even born or just being born when I got here. It's crazy and it's funny, but man, I mean, I can relate. It's only very few guys that are gonna be LeBron, Dwayne, Magic, Kobe. Most of you guys are gonna be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Most of you guys are gonna have to play a role to win. Regardless of how much they pay you because the market goes up and down, most of you guys are gonna have to play a role. So I'm relatable to more of the guys in the league than not. Yeah. You might, some of these some of them might think they stars. Yeah. yeah. But you're a role player. You're playing a role to help your team win. You know what I'm saying? So for me, um, I'm relatable to every guy on every level, whatever your role may be.
0: Nobody loves the bully, UD, but people love you. Like nobody loves the bully. And you just said it's funny because like you, you like you talking about fighting and you be like, and I still got it. Like you want to let them know I whoop some ass.
2: Yeah, I don't play so, that. I got that from my old boy though. Garbage or so. I used to have to talk to him, he'd be in the stands after the game, i said, listen, man, you can't be doing that. <laughs> you can't be doing that, man, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it is, man, but one thing is I don't bother nobody. Yeah. yeah, I don't bother nobody and I don't look for no trouble, but I don't tolerate disrespect. But I give everybody, the janitor, the CEO, the same respect. Good morning. Please, thank you. How you doing? Have a nice day. Alright, bye. Whatever it might be, I treat everybody the same. But- Especially on the court, because I
0: remember when you choked the hell out the white boy Hansborough.
2: Yeah, I heard. Choked him. the hell out of him. He started it though. See, once again, I ain't started.
0: What he take? It? He he took a cheap shot on D Wade.
2: I got my cheap shot the game before. See, people don't remember that. Yeah. People don't got remember that. Got busted up. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got hit by Lewis Munson in the eye. I took mine like a man. See, the problem is you get dished, you got to be able to take it. I took mine. Yeah. Now the very next game, he hit D Wade. Um, not a Munson. Hansborough hit D Wade. Now the thing that pissed me off is once a Munson hit D Wade, y'all could play this back because I can see it in my head right now. They gave each other five. Mm-hmm. That right there was when I knew. Oh hell no! Hey, you asked to go in. They said you in. I was in. It was a timeout. They was reviewing the play. We all went to the side. Spo looked. I say, Spo, stay out of this. Mm. Hey. Don't don't you, dare, spo stay out of this. <laughs> and going on that court, you I knew what you was about to do. I knew. I ain't know when. And everybody did. It, it came just... the very next play. I was a low man on the rotation. So. <laughs> Man, I couldn't have drew it up any better. That's like a football player. That's like a flea flicker, dog. Dog, I couldn't have drew it up no better. Boy, I had to get him. I had to get him. Oh, hey,
0: you got him. Yeah. I got
2: him good. But that, but that. So you you. But got I got tired. it hard, too, cause ain't nobody do nothing when I did it. And nobody wanna do it. To my point. That because, let me know right then. Cause
0: I remember you threatening uh, Lance Stevenson as well. I believe it was. I'm gonna fuck you up. Is
2: what you told him. I told Aaron. him I ain't got nothing to lose. At that time, I wasn't even playing. Yeah. Yes. And I ain't got nothing to lose right now, dog. But, is that still in the NBA? Are, they, are, are there UDs or do
0: teams need UDs still? Because I think, bro, I think this new age. I think that's, that's dying.
2: Nah, not as much. But I mean, once again, I don't expect everybody to be like me. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing about me. And I think that's why these young boys respect me. Because I don't expect you to be like me. You don't have to be like me. I think they tied a the hand when I was this, when I did this. This is who I was. This is what I did. Nah, they don't wanna hear that shit, man. That's the quickest way to get sent up out of here. Yeah, They don't wanna hear that. How can I get you where you are trying to go while still being who you are? Damn. Not trying to make you me. Not trying to make you do it my way, your way. Now some of that stuff you got to cut out, young fella. Mm-hmm. But some of this stuff you can keep and you can still maintain your independence and still be a G and hang with your home or whatever you wanna do and still make your money, get paid, and still win out here. That's what I try to just. That's what I try to preach.
1: You know, all great leaders are extremely layered, right? Like Fred kind of went through the list of things you have been on different teams, and uh, when he brought up uh, when he brought up the Tyler Hansborough thing, it made me think about the fact that you also got suspended. Yeah. For the next game, <clears throat> and D Wade gave you the game, the game ball. I think he went for forty plus or something yeah, like that, that in that game part of being a leader is you can't always be the same way, right? I can't, I can't be the dude always getting on you. I can't be the dude always knocking somebody out of the air because they hit you the play before. Sometimes I got to show you that in our quiet moments behind closed doors, I'm the type of dude you could lean on. I'm the type of dude that could rock with you. And you said it's because you, you felt like you got the game ball because you gave D-Wade a book. Yes during that series. I know you don't want to talk about what the name of the book was, but what has made you comfortable with being that guy? Being the guy that, yeah, when your moments are dark, it's not about playing basketball. This is about this human connection between you and I and me being vulnerable enough to say, this helped me.
2: Because at that time, I had been going through what I was going through. I had been dealing with stuff personally, you know what I'm saying? And um, I had this book written by T.D. Jakes that I was reading and um, it helped me get some clarity you know I'm saying, with a lot of things personally. And I, I think we all know it's like, if, if your mind ain't right, it's hard to go out there and perform at the highest level. It's already hard enough, you're playing against some of the best athletes in the world. So if your mind ain't right up here, you're not, you're not gonna perform at a high level. And um, D-Way was struggling, his knee was bothering him. You know, people were questioning who he was and if he still got it. You know, at that time, Paul George was on the rise and yeah. them boys was coming, they had a good squad. I just went by his room and said, man, this is something that I've been reading that's been helping me through my tough times. And I just left it with him. And I went back to my room and that was it.
1: When you share a moment like that with a player of Dwayne Wade's caliber, it says a lot about who you are because it's not about how well we can play. It's about who you're gonna have to be when you walk out of this arena, which in the end is what we all die as. For you to come from where you were growing up, to be the the heavy kid, to be the kid that was pushed by Frank Martin and he knew if you threw up, y'all had done enough what are some of those moments throughout this process that you're most proud of
2: when i walked in the heat organization when i walked in that day to make that team it was about 50 people and they was only keeping one so um i always like to tell myself if you lock me in a room with somebody long enough i'm coming out you know what i mean and at that time it was veteran guys there guys that had had nba experience but it was one play um we were going through a drill shot went up hit the glass. Ball went towards half court. I chased the ball all the way to half court. Rouse blew the whistle, boom. He looked at me. I got spooked. Now this is one man I was scared of. Not scared of nobody, but this is one man for two years I ain't say nothing to. Pat Riley? Pat Riley. He blew the whistle, he stopped. He looked at me. He said, well, why didn't you stop? I said, well, nobody had the rebound. And um, I said, I didn't blow the whistle. I mean, I said, I didn't hear a whistle. And he just looked at me and he smiled. and. I didn't know, at that point, they looked at me as somebody different because I was the only one that chased that damn ball to the blue.
0: Is that the heat culture that people always talk about?
2: Man, that's the UD culture. I was desperate, dog. You know what I'm saying? I'm desperate. I had just been to Europe. Now, I had, a, I had a contract to go back to Europe, so I had to out. If I make an NBA team, you let me out. But I ain't want to go back. And you gave me an opportunity to be in my city, at home. I was desperate, man. I would have did whatever I had to do. Outwork somebody. That's it?
3: Shh. Okay. <laughs> that's it? Outwork him? It's just yeah. work, dog. Yeah. Come on, man. That, yeah. that, that's the thing about you I love the most. You know, your career is so unique and we can get into numbers, you know, heat records. You know, there have been so many greats. You talk about Zoe, you talk about Shaq, big men, you know, the hall of famers from this organization. But at the end of the day, you're the one with all, the, all of the records. And m- many people don't know that. And I don't want to go down that list, but it was something a moment ago that you mentioned after RC asked you a question uh, about Dwayne in, in the book with T.D. Jakes. It made me think about Ja Morant, what he's going through as a young guy. Uh, I, I think it would benefit Ja to have somebody like you in the same locker room. You know what I'm saying? I would have loved to have a relationship exactly. I know. I would have loved. I, I, I speak would, to his father too. What would you tell Ja, you know, after, you know, the situation occurred a couple of weeks ago, what would you tell Ja in the locker room when he returned? I understand where you come
2: from. I understand your surroundings. I understand the pressure you might feel to keep it real, but keeping it real go wrong, dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna show you how to move out here and still enjoy your life and still maintain your independence of who you are and what you are, but the right way, because there is a right way. You know what I'm saying? I haven't changed. I've altered things. I've altered my lifestyle, I moved things around, shifted it a little bit, but I ain't changed. And I'm very happy with who I am today. So you can still live that life. You know what I'm saying? And still be who you are. You can't be street now. Right. You can, you can be hood, but you can't be street. <laughs> There's a difference. Right. Street, they thugging 24 seven. They ain't cutting it off.
3: Wow. Hood, you can tap in every now and then.
0: See, but a lot of Hood, jo- you can tap in every yeah, now. A, a
3: lot of the young guys don't understand the difference <laughs> between the street and the sidewalk. That's where they get it fucked up at. Yeah, you gotta a, stay. You gotta walk on the sidewalk yeah, can, sometimes. Yeah, listen, it's a little listen,
2: slower listen. pace. Yeah, you can't. Ain't gonna get run over. Oh no, listen. Yeah, you gotta stay. You gotta stay out the streets now. Right, that's a whole different ballgame. I don't be in the streets. <laughs> I don't do that. But like
0: you, how, how does a young dude get the respect that you got everywhere if he ain't out there? Because that's what they want.
2: Nah, That's you know. what they want. Nah, I used to be out there. But, <laughs> I used to be out there. But you looking at somebody who also, all the homeboys that I was out there with, looking at me like, man, we happy we out of there. Because mm. the game ain't the same no more out there, boy. Right. They playing yeah. by a whole different set of rules. Even the dudes I was growing up with that was out there, looking at them young boys like, man, we don't want none of that. Yeah. <laughs> no sir, we don't want to play with them young boys. Them young boys ain't playing out there. I was fortunate, man, but this time in this generation, it's too much going on. Right. There's way too much going on. You can't. You can't. You can't straddle those lines as much no more. I don't like to straddle the lines.
1: You did. I think the you mentioned in the difference between our time of growing up and these boys. It you even knew like there was a code to it. Yes. Right. Like they understood who was street and who wasn't. They understood who was involved. Right. Who who was part of playing the game and who just lived in that environment. Those things have changed. Mm-hmm. And so when you are moving from successful hooper to successful businessman to father and to husband, and now you're trying to give back in the hood, whether it's through your foundation or the different things that you do, what are you trying to teach the next Udonis Haslam or the next person that's dealing with the things that you had to deal with in order to be here?
2: To me, there's no love, like the real love that I get. Not the, not the corporate love the love that I get of giving back to people. At this point, I've I've achieved it, R.C., man. I got the rings, Yeah. I, I've gotten you know the record, and I got a, a beautiful wife, I got an amazing family. I can't complain, though, I got businesses. You know what I'm saying? I've pretty much touched everything across the board. I like to call myself the octopus hustler. Like, I'm a like, if it's out <laughs> here, I'm grabbing for it, dog. Like, where it's at, like, what, what's next? But there's nothing that gives me joy, there's nothing that fulfills me more than, like, taking care of these people. I got two affordable housing projects. I got one in Winwood. I got one in North Miami. Those are the things that I'm most proud about. You know what I'm saying? The rings, I love them, I'm so appreciative, thank God, it's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? It's only very few times you get to say you're the best in the world at anything and yeah. really be the best. Yeah. I can say that three times, but the things that I'm most proud about is them affordable housing projects and Putting jobs in the hood and, and different things like that. Those are the things yeah. that I'm most proud of.
1: Like those are things to be proud of. But we mentioned fighting for respect in your uh, respective business, in your career. Yes. Right. You, you were the guy that they had on Dirk in 2006. You were the dude. You know, you finished with 17 in the game to clinch. But here comes the big three. Like this is, mm-hmm. it's all eyes on Miami. And I remember, I remember the press conference. It was. The arena was lit up. It was people everywhere. It was like a dang party, but they just had on tank tops and shorts. Yeah. right? And yeah. it was, we ain't going to win one, it's two, three. Yeah. Udonis Haslam is not there. Yeah. I didn't see you on the side. I didn't see you in the back. They didn't put you in the jersey, but this was your city. This was a team you had gave blood, sweat, and tears to in order to get them to win the championship they had. And now they were moving on to the big three. When you at at home or wherever you are watching this, you're a free agent. Yeah. What are your thoughts in seeing this celebration that in no way includes me?
2: Oh shit, I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? Because I know how the numbers work. I know how the money work. You know what I'm saying? I know what those guys' value was. I know what they worth at that time. And I'm thinking, okay, it's it's time to move on. Um, The story is I was on my way down to the arena to personally look Riles in the eye and say, thank you. Because when nobody else believed and nobody else gave me opportunity, you did. And because of that, I have other opportunities now. As I'm pulling, as I'm getting off the uh, expressway, I get a call from my agent, the late Henry Thomas. Where you at? I'm headed to the arena to go see Riles. Okay, don't go in the arena yet. Just wait a second before you go. Okay, I get to the arena, I pull in, I sit in my car for like 10 minutes. Um, I get a call back from Hank. We got a deal on the table. It's not what you—it's not what you were offered before, but it's—it's it's, it's good money. So now, just for the record, I was offered like about thirty-five. The Heat only had twenty. But the fact that Bron, CB, and D Wade all collabed to take less money to make that twenty available for me—it um, said enough because they didn't have to do that. Dwayne understood. Bron and CB don't know me from a can of paint. Right. You know what I'm saying? They, don't, they ain't never played with me. They don't know nothing about me. But the fact that they was able to say, "Okay, cool, we need him. We need him to win," mm-hmm. that let me know I gotta get them boys their money's worth. Right. I gotta give them their money's worth.
0: And they trust that on the on Wade.
2: They took that on D Wade
3: face. <sighs> See, <laughs> these are the stories that we love, obviously, but you don't hear about. You know. And you know I got a story. This I always come from. I come from out of bounds sometimes. Come on with you. Judy. You know I was sitting there behind the bench, season ticket holder, mm-hmm. and I heard rumors that uh, Brown was coming. Mm-hmm. So my tickets went from forty thousand a year to ninety-two thousand. Same seats. Damn. Yeah, they cut, they, <laughs> they, 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 they cut me bad. They, they cut me real bad. You enjoy watching you, bro. Hey, they, they cut me <laughs> real bad. But these are the things that, you know, the fans and the outsiders, we, we don't get an opportunity to partake in. But uh, it's a lot of sacrifice, you know, behind the scenes that go into play. You know, otherwise some of our, you know, guys that we root for wouldn't necessarily be on a roster to root for them the next season. So I thought that was, you know, very uh, sacrificial of way.
0: The sacrifice is cool too, but I just heard this man say he gave up $15 million.
2: That was the second time. I know, I was
0: going to ask that. the second that, time I was, I was, I was, I was uh, going there.
3: I, I, this is crazy, because as a younger player, you don't think that way. As an OG now, you can say, okay, okay, I, nothing. I can chop it up. Fred, I'm not giving up $15 million at 90 years old. We over. know you are not. One thing I was,
2: was I was always self-aware. I always knew who I was and what I was. So th- at that time, the first tr- contract, it was offered from Denver. I got 33 from the Heat, Denver offered me 40. I just didn't think I was a good fit for Denver. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think I-, I could fit there. You could really take the money out of Yeah, you I did, to. I had to. Because at that time, I ain't, but I, you ain't looking at Evolve You UD, you looking at UD that fucked the whole locker room up. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> okay. So I can't go
2: there. Yeah. That wasn't for me at that time. I knew that wasn't a place for me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I, I needed to stay in Miami, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I could look at rosters. I could look at players. I could look at situations and say, okay, this ain't the place for me. I can't go there. So I knew the best place for me at that time, even though it was less money, was in Miami. Now the second time I took less money, Dallas was on the table. No state taxes, just like Florida. <laughs> Dirk over there, Mark Cuba take care of his people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at that like, that's a great situation. But shit, we gotta play Bron and D-Wade to C B every year if we want to win something. <laughs> right. I'm gonna go ahead and stay over here. This is my best chance to win these championships. With that being said, I gotta get these boys their money worth because they're dependent on me. Mm-hmm.
0: And and they ain't ever, this is another rumor quickly. That that's that that time, those times, all the money you sacrifice, that the Heat organization, somebody in there, if it's padded, if it's somebody, they was like, we're always gonna watch out for you. When they saw your sacrifice, that the Heat organization got your back. And I'll be honest, you do right now. It sure as hell seemed like it. Because you could play for 10 more years, I think, and they let you sit it into that bench and
2: hang the thing, out and be the, assed. Well, the thing is I got to move the needle. You know what I'm saying? Like, If you look at it, the 15th player on any roster never plays anyway, no matter what. No matter who you got on your roster, the 15th player never plays. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at it, people always want to say he taking them a spot, they got a guy who can play. A 15th player ain't playing on nobody roster. So with that being said, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Last year was one shot away from going to the finals. Yeah. The year, two years before that in the bubble, we went all the way to the finals.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Clearly something's right is going on. Yeah, yeah. We winning. Yeah. So you can't say I'm hurting or I'm taking up nothing. I'm providing, I'm giving something. What, what people on the outside don't understand is because the guy is not actually physically out there on the court every day, how can he be impacting winning? There's so much that like going on behind the scenes in the life of a professional athlete.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I'm saying? And that's where I moved the needle the most. And that's what you need the most because once we step on the basketball court, that's just routine, dog. All the things we done been through throughout the week, preparation, practice, icing, weightlifting, all that, you step on the court. It's just routine. Now it's easy. You know what I'm saying? So I impact the stuff before you even step on the basketball court. So when you step on the basketball court, it's just the, the, the culture, it, it just keeps, it's just running like a machine now.
0: Yeah. And the young, the young boys, your young boys, Bam and Tyler, uh, Jay Rich was here balling.
2: They're my guys.
0: Did that have something to do with you? I don't want to say you're taking credit for it, but y'all have had a lot of successful draft picks with the Miami Heat, and you the guy behind the scenes.
2: My position in every player that walks in his locker room's life. I take a position in their life and their career. Um, You got veterans that might come in, um, and it's how can you get comfortable with our culture? Because we ain't for everybody. It's a little different down here. You got young guys that come in, and I'm going to let you know, if you undrafted, you ain't got no, you ain't got no um, gray area. You don't got no room for messing up and this, that, and the third. We're going to get it out the mud. You're going to be here. This is what you're going to do. When you mess up in practice, I'm going to get on you. I don't care who messed up. The first round pick messed up. I don't give a damn what he did. You don't have that luxury. Yeah. That's You real. don't have that luxury. And then when the young guys come in like Bam or Tyler, I let them know, hey kid, I seen you in college. I understood what you did in college. You were a hell of a basketball player. I started to build that like, relationship with him. You know, before Bam even took a relationship with me as, as a mentor, you know what I'm saying I was drawn to man, bam, as a kid that grew up in a trailer and, and a one parent with just his yeah. mom, and because I yeah. lost my mom, so to see him every day how he deals with his mom, how he loves on his mom, how he appreciates his mom, instantly, like that just that just I was drawn to that. You know what I'm saying? Because often when you get Why? out here and you get Why? that money, man, you forget. Why? You know what Why? I'm
3: saying? You out here moving. Why is that important?
2: That's real. That's that's, that's what it should be. You should value and honor your mother and the women in your life. And I think once you get money and things start moving fast, you start forgetting about people until something happens and that person's gone. And I've had that happen twice. And when I lost my mother, you never could have told me 12 years later, I'm gonna deal with the same thing again. And here I am dealing with it again. So for me, man, to watch him value his mother like that, there's there's no woman, you know what I'm saying, at this time in his life, that he values, honors the way he values his mother. So I just love to see how he interacts with his mother. Tyler Hero came in here, man, from Kentucky, and I understood everything about him as a basketball player because I watched him before he got here. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he got here, I told him I, I, I knew his game. You know what I'm saying? I told him, I was like, to me, you could be like a version of a, a, a D book for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I seen your game. I seen what you could do, but can you guard somebody? Now this is what we got to work on. Before I did that, I gave him his praise and told him the good things about him. You know what I'm saying? And built that relationship with him. I asked him about his dad, I asked him about his parents. I talked that, talked with him. Now you trust me. Now you understand that I value you as a human being. Now let's get to the basketball talk and I'm gonna be real with you.
1: These kids are are different, right? But I'm listening to you. Every great coach I've ever played for have basic, has basically lived by one principle. I'm gonna treat everybody fair, but I'm not gonna treat everybody the same. Because you actually can't. There's some people you could cuss, you could scream at, you could get in their face, and they could deal with it and move right on. And then there's other dudes you gotta be like, hey man, like you said, and I'm not saying Tyler's this way, but it's, I'm not gonna come right at you about what you need to fix. Yes. I'm gonna let you know, I do see the positive in you, but in order for you to be great, there's this. With the way that kids are today, and it seems like you could relate to them, you ever think about stepping into coaching? Um,
2: so I think, you know, for me, the good thing about every leader is you gotta understand everybody's motivated differently, and then you gotta understand how to push their butt. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So understanding that I can might like, yell and get in somebody's face, understanding that, that doesn't work with the other person. Me and Jimmy could go back and forth, get in each other's face. Jimmy loves confrontation. Jimmy loves competition. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That brings the best out of Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? That just happens to be my kind of guy. Other guys, I might have to pull them to the side. You know what I'm saying? I might have to send them a text. I might have to take them to dinner the night before. Um, so I understand that about different guys. But for me, man, leadership at the highest level. And there's nothing wrong with coaching. You know i value what you know coaching brings to the table um but leadership at the highest level you know i i i aspire you know to to sit next to the pat Rollies, and the nick erisons and the mickey erisons and sit next to them and that's not that has nothing to do with you know my my value of what a coach brings to the table because i understand the value in coaching you know what i'm saying i love Sport, i love karan i love all these guys i think they've impacted us tremendously no, but for me and my journey, you know what I'm saying? I think moving the needle and leading at the highest level is
3: where I want to go with You got guys like Bron, Wade, Bosch. Obviously, they were the stars of the team. But then you need guys like yourself, Mike Miller, Mario Chalmers. The but 12. Mario kind of pissed me off. The little 12. The... Bro. <laughs> Mario just texted me on the way over here, dog. But the comments he made got about Bron, y'all got Mario Carl Nobody here. feared Brian. Is that just what happened?
2: What happened? I think what Mario was saying is that because I think it was some comparison to Michael Jordan or something like that. Right. I think what Bru- Mario might have been saying is that that Jordan, is, MJ, is a little more savage. You know what I'm saying? MJ is not a nice guy. Now, Bron is maybe a little more of a nice guy. And it has nothing to do with basketball because on the basketball court, everybody knew Bron going to go to work. South and you Beach, can't Bron stop didn't it. fuck Yeah, around. you can't stop Miami, Bron ain't, Bron. ain't yeah, you can't around. stop Bron. I'm thinking he must be talking about, you know what I'm saying, just the overall attitude of the player. Right. I don't think he's talking about the the skill set and going against this guy because at the end of the day, ain't you know nobody can do nothing with Bron. Because Ain't nobody can do nothing with Bron. You got to know when you you lose, you definitely losing sleep the night before you play Hell Bron. Hell yeah, yeah, on you definitely. So I'm thinking he's talking about just the personalities of these players. Cause we know Bron ain't hitting no, we, Bron ain't fighting nobody. Yeah, I've watched him during fights.
0: He backs up the whole time. Fear he
3: talking about. That's
0: what I. That's what I'm saying when you saying. But I'm thinking he that's he can't what, be talking about on he, the court. So I took be it. What's he as talking, about, the, what
1: nobody, are you talking about? Here is here is like the the reason there is no argument for this is one. UD's absolutely right. We all got eyes. When Brian, when Bron locked in, ain't nothing you could do, and there ain't nothing, there ain't been nothing you could do Since for the last present, for the last 18 years. But we also have to remember this: as Bron was named and acclaimed by the media, King James, there were people, some of the greatest basketball players in the world, that called the man Black Jesus. When you explain it with the facts of what history says and you don't put your opinion on it, it's actually very easy, right? When you look at the people who were tasked to step on the court with Michael Jordan, they saw him that way. You know what I mean? It's not its not like saying, we don't think Bron could play or Bron won't fight, man, it's basketball. It's like three dudes in the world that's ever been like him in our era. And then in the other era, it was different. The difference between Michael Jordan was he would fight too. And so I think it's the, it's the way he was viewed and perceived by those people because during his time, nobody had all that. You'd have had that level of skill, that level of competitiveness, competitiveness and that level of dog.
2: Yeah, and I get on you if you if you're tripping. Yeah. What, but what if if the if I'm not mistaken, as the conversation went on, Mario did say, I don't know why they wasn't scared of Braun. He did say that, right? Yeah. So he was saying, like, they should have been, but for whatever reason, they weren't. And I think that was just based off the personalities of the people.
3: I, I agree with that. Just trying to back it out. I think if Mario had been on the other side, it's a different perspective. You know, he can actually be in the locker room with those guys, as they get ready to face Bron, so technically he can't make that statement, right? I'm just trying to clean right? it up. I wouldn't have said it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's nah, what I'm. Look, that's trying, what I'm trying to say. say.
2: Man, I'm just trying to clean it up. Now, I wouldn't have said it. That's, well, that's I don't what know what I'm trying the hell to they say because, because like over there. You, I know what can, I would have you
3: felt. You cannot. Yeah, I would have been up all night worrying about God. Necessarily, you can't make that statement, regardless of if you're trying to say, well. I grew up loving MJ, so, you know, I've heard other guys say they, they were scared of Mike. Just say that. Mike's your favorite guy. But as a teammate, you can't say, well, my teammate, nobody feared my teammate. In my opinion, and I'm, this is not you, I'm saying, one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that if I was Mario. And on the other side, I'm trying to give him an out. I think what people. Don't I'm, I'm trying to give him I do, out.
2: Man, listen, man. The one thing I bought it. Two things for sure. The reason why I came on this podcast because I got respect for y'all. I respect I appreciate y'all. You know that. Appreciate saying, that. But I think you know what I'm saying. Sometimes people get on a podcast and they feel like they gotta answer a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't gotta no. answer the question if Nothing. you are want to, dog. That's real. Like you know what I'm saying. You could say no. Yeah. Or just be like, <laughs> Nah, I'm cool on that. Yep. Wow. You don't wanna touch that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think. I don't think. Unless he said people fear Bron, any other answer would have been wrong. Right. Yep. No matter what. I agree. That's what because I mean. even if I could sit here and you know, articulate it and, and try to break it down, you know what I'm saying? Somebody could still feel away. You know what right. I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I know how I feel about Bron and I know what type of basketball player Bron is. But I also understand how people looked at MJ. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like MJ put them hands on you. Yes. Like, MJ is a sa- was a savage, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was win, like, at all costs. Like, it was kind of like, God bless the dead to Kobe. Like, yeah. yo, know, yeah. listen, yeah, same thing. ain't nobody playing with you. Same you know what thing. I'm saying? We ain't got time for that soft shit, boy. Yep. Like, you better come contribute to winning. If you're not, you
3: would, if you're not an asset, you're a liability. Mm-hmm. Either you're going to be one or the other. We recently dropped uh, uh, Tyron Lou, And what he said was, Kobe and Mike was the same cat. Yeah. Like, they didn't take no shortcuts, they wanted to kill you, drop 50 every night. They didn't necessarily care to get the guys involved, but on the flip side, Bron wanted 30, 10, and 10, yes. because he wanted to involve his guys. And I think people take that for granted when you talk about LeBron. You know, Bron knows what he brings to the table. Man, let me tell you something about this man,
2: man. I seen this man work on a move, one damn practice, for 10 minutes, and the man used the damn move against the Knicks in like the first or second round, I couldn't remember, the man used the damn move against the Knicks about 10 times like he had been doing <laughs> it his whole life. And it was, boom, every time he scored, it was coming across the lane, going to his left, coming off his right foot, shooting that jumper. Yeah. Uh, man, the man worked on him for 10 minutes and the man <laughs> told the people to ass up with the same move against the Knicks in the first round. Man, ain't nobody stopping that man. See? Now, at the end of the day, you. You can sit there and be like, okay, I can try to main, like contain right, right. or whatever you want to try to do. But you ain't going to stop him. Yeah. You know That's what I'm saying? Crazy. If he chooses to go for it, he going to go for it. But That's yes, crazy. he is a very unselfish basketball player. Right, He's right. a very intelligent basketball player. Yes, you can't be a person that doesn't have be able to approach the game mentally. You know what I'm saying? He, he don't go for that. That drive Braun crazy. You don't know the game? You can't keep up with him mentally? That's it. It was times where LeBron would come in, and we'll be going down the court, and he'll say, "Don't worry about that. Don't look over there. Just look at me. Don't look at Spo." And there was no disrespect to Spo, but we out here. I got it. Just look. Follow me.
0: That was gonna. That was gonna be my next question. Have something to do with that, with Spo, and you talking about playing with LeBron, who won two best player of all time, whatever you want to say. He won the top players ever touch a damn basketball. But you also got Wade and CB on there, Hall of Famers. Is it hard to win? Like these big threes, Boston big three, everybody want to put a big three together. You was on the big three. They give credit to the coaches because they say they manage the personalities. Bro, is it that hard to win when you have three Hall of Famers out yeah. there starting every night?
2: Yeah, because you got to put it together and make it work. And, and somebody got to sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people didn't give Chris Bosch the credit that he was due for how he made it all work. Yeah, Because if you look at the games when LeBron and D-Way was out, CB was going for 30 pieces, easy, in his sleep. I don't think if people gave Chris Boston the credit that he was due for the sacrifice that he made every night to make the big three go together. But hell yeah, man, you got to be a good coach. Spo got 700 of them things. Yeah. 700 of them things. Now but, you don't know guess the big three weren't here for 700. And he's been back Sha- though. But Shaq
0: he's, and Wade were here too. Your first championship, like I, I the Hall of Famer
2: too. Pat coached the first. Pat championship.
0: coached that. I, But he leads up, and that's another. That was thing, from Van
1: Gundy. But to, to Pat. Pat. Mm-hmm.
0: And then when um, early on, Brian wanted Pat to come back.
1: Yeah. No. That,
0: that was the story?
2: That was the story. That's what, okay. that's what they said.
0: And then Pat being with Spo so long, everybody, everybody, I guess it's crazy to say, this, this counts what Spo's done because Pat Riley's been there his whole career.
2: Yeah, they, they tripping. Spo, one of the best that ever do it, hands down. And the fact that he doesn't rest on the success that he's had, he continues to evolve every year. And one thing I can say about Spo is he has true compassion for the players which is something that you don't always have in this league. And I watch Spo going above and beyond to help people outside the game of basketball. And that's kind of where the culture comes in, of who we are and what we are. I think people look at the culture and they just think that, you know what I'm saying, it's just words or it's just a phrase that we use. But um, the culture is real because we really look out for each other outside the game of basketball. And that's one thing that Spo has done. And when you look at guys that, have the relationship with Spo, like Dwayne comes back and sits down with Spo, and Chris comes back and sits down with Spo. It's because of the relationship we build. It's not always based on basketball. You know what I'm saying? We all play basketball with a lot of coaches and a lot of people we don't keep in touch with. Yep. Spo has been there for each and every one of us at some point.
1: You did. Speaking about people being there for you, um, you mentioned your mom and then losing your father years later. Uh, you know, when you see somebody on TV, like you always look so intense. But you're, you're cool as hell and you're positive. You're extremely positive. The, the one thing that caught me that you said is that it took a village to raise Donis Haslam. And you talked about your, your father, your stepmom, your siblings, your step-siblings, all of that. But your mom was taken from you or your mom got sick when y'all were just developing a relationship. And you talked about, bam, Bam's relationship with his mother, and why you love him and loved loved on that so much. How hard was it to deal with that? Right when your mom was showing you and the world how strong she was, after coming from everything she had went through, for her to be for her to get sick, and then you lose her in 2012.
2: That was the toughest thing I ever ever had to deal with. At that time, at that time, that was tough. Um, because I didn't have my mom around during high school. I didn't have my mom around as a kid. And I think we all need that nurturing. You know what I'm saying? We all want our mother around. Um, my stepmother is great. Um, I love her to death. But Barbara Wooten is more so, you're a black man in America. This is this how, this, this how I got to raise you. My mother was a little more of a nurturer. You know what I'm saying? Um, so to not really have that nurturing early on, um, I think it was a gift and a curse. Because I was able to endure so much later on in life. I I definitely struggled with that. I think it was a situation where um, that was the first time I looked at, you know, things around me and say, okay, if something ever happens to me, you know what I'm saying, let me have my ducks in a row because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how my mom wanted to be buried. I didn't know, you know what I'm saying, if she wanted to be cremated. You know what I'm saying? You got family members and everybody has an opinion. So I think that was the first time in my life where I said, man, death is real. I mean, let me start getting my ducks in a row. Let me get a will. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me start doing these things because if something happens to me, I think the people around me need to know what to do and where to start because I had no clue where to start.
0: And you talk about the Evolve UD, and we laugh We laugh for over an hour now. We all knew each other from way back. This is 20 plus years. Freddie T with the goals.
3: I <laughs> had the slugs. Fred
2: with the slugs.
0: I had the slugs, Fred baby. Fred <laughs> with the slugs. Yes, sir. Fred used to come back to Gainesville and buy us sections in the palace and then leave just to get a, just to get a young dude's a couple bottles. That's so crazy. That's how far we go back. University. You've said it a couple times. You've thought about it. You've, you've insinuated a couple times. The new UD, the evolved UD. Who is that and why did you have? To, what, what made it? What catalyst it? Because it was something that made you say, I need to
2: change. Man, when my agent, Henry, when my agent Henry Thomas, Hank passed away. I couldn't trust nobody else with my future and my life no more. And I had to take it in my own hands. At that time, you know what I'm saying, he was the person that was handling a lot of things and doing a lot of things for me. And when he passed away, I had nobody. You know what I'm saying? I had my business manager and we had built a relationship, but as far as like going out and working for me and doing different things, there was nobody there. So I told my business manager, I said, listen, we gotta build our own team. And I, got, I need people that value me and the things that I wanna do and value those things just as important as I do. And I got to trust that when I'm asleep, they working for me. You know what I'm saying? That they value my family just as much as I value my family. Because once my agent passed away, you start to realize, man, like, you know, like nobody, nobody, nobody there for you. You know what I'm saying? You can get another agent, but does he know you? Does he value you? You know, does he care about the same things you care about? So I think that was the point in my life where I realized I got to take my life into my own hands and I can't trust nobody else with my life right now. I've come too far with Hank. For me to try to build that trust and that bank that equity with somebody else right now in my career, the trust that they gonna handle my family and take care of my family and make sure that they gonna make sure we good. I ain't had that trust in nobody. So I told my business manager, we gonna do it ourselves. I don't, at this stage, I don't have no agent. You know what I'm saying? I sit down with Hank, with um, the Heat and the organization and we negotiate and we have our conversations. And everything we've done from the affordable housing to the medical marijuana to the franchises, we do on our own. I mean, we ain't no
3: agent. I got a lawyer, I got a team, and I got a business manager. We've seen so much. We've seen legends come through here. You talk about Shaq, you know, D-Wade, Bron, you know, uh, the Gary Paytons of the world, the Chris Boshes. Uh, white chocolate Jay Wills, go Gators. Another Gator. Uh, well, another Gator. We, we've seen those type of players come through here. Then we've seen, you know, guys, you know, actually rarely, guys like yourself. You know, your career has been so unique, undrafted, you know, 20 plus years, three three rings. Do you think that, you know, from the time you started till now, have you could have ever scripted this any better way? Nah, bro. I couldn't have. I couldn't have. But what I did every day, I stayed away
2: from the foolishness, the sucker shit, man. I don't condone sucker shit. I don't do sucker shit, and I stay away from sucker shit. I ain't did everything right. Right. But I managed to do that. And it's brought me to this point, man. You treat people the right way, man. You know what I'm saying? You 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 move the right way. You 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 handle yourself the right way, and good things happen to you. Yeah, I've been through some shit. I had my ups and downs, I had my losses. But for the most part, man, I've been blessed. And I treat people, how I handle myself, how I move out here, you know what I'm saying? I give people the same respect that I want, you know what I'm saying? It's just old school values, bro. And like I said, I think that's why the young generation value me so much. I'm not gonna try to tell you about what you should do and how you should do it. I'm gonna take
3: what you do, and I'm gonna tell you how you can use what you do to get where you're trying to go. 20 years, you've seen a lot of legends and not just good players come through, but legends, iconic players. Uh, And I mentioned a few of them a moment ago. Two questions, who's been your favorite teammate, and who's been the most talented teammate in your tenure with the Miami Heat? My favorite teammate is D-Wade, obviously. My brother, you know what I'm saying? My
2: brother. Um, And the most talented is Brum. Like I told you, I seen this man working a move for 10 minutes, Light somebody's ass up. <laughs> 10 minutes, dog. It yeah. went out there in the first round and touched their ass with the move. Right? It's like I ain't never seen nothing. It's times, dog. Let me tell you, it was times in practice where this man would do something and everybody in practice would just stop. Wow. Sorry, we got D Wade, we got Chris Bosch, we got Ray Allen, we got some hell of high, we got some ball players. And everybody looking at this dude like, here he go with this shit. <laughs> he, know, he know nobody can't do that shit. And he jogging back and everybody like,
3: get your ass out of here, man. Like, you know you the only one in here could can do that. Yeah. Who's been the most dominant teammate? Is it Shaq? The most dominant here has or been class, Shaq. Class clown most, or whatever you the want.
2: The most him. dominant and the most influential is Shaq. Why you say that? Man, Shaq was amazing as, as a leader. You know what I'm saying? and a, a funny, don't take it too serious, you know what I'm saying? Just do what you do. Always believe in yourself type way. You know what I'm saying? And also he told me and D-Wade after that first championship, if we win, we'll get Bentleys. We ain't get our Bentleys, but we won. We <laughs> <laughs> won. Big Shout fella, say, big fella hit us with that. Me and D-Wade say, man, listen, man, we win this championship, boy, I'm buying y'all boys Bentleys. but boy, we went and got that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? We went and bought our own Bentleys. The bonus was tight, Ooh, the bonus I like was right? bonus was right. He had the blue and I had the black. You bring up D-Wade, I got my, my lead niggas I see you, on. where you get them from, man. Uh, I ain't D-Wade. got them.
0: I ain't got, I got them. them. He got I, you those? D yeah, we gave got the We hollered at him and he, uh, he said, I'm going to send y'all the package. Just like you said, Shaq lied to you. Yeah. I thought D-Wade yeah. was lying to me. Oh, thank you so much, brother. I ain't man, even got those later. horrible You got,
2: you a leading athlete, though. Yeah, I know, I ain't got them.
0: Send me some of them then, man, but no. So basketball now, man. We got we, we got to ask you, who's a who you got winning the MVP? Who's the best? Who's the best player right now in the league? Who you got winning it all? Joel Embiid is the best player in the NBA.
2: Or Giannis. Wow. This year, you got to go with one of them. This man Giannis ain't missed a shot the other night. Didn't he just go through a game where he just ain't missed a shot? 100. That's ridiculous. And then Joel Embiid, you got somebody seven foot out there crossing over and yeah then hitting you with the step back, like you don't supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Now that's seven feet. So I mean, you know, I, I would I would go with Joel Embiid or, or Giannis, but um, I would like to see Embiid win it, man. I think he been getting the short end of the stick uh, the last couple of years and a couple of times, man. I would like to see him win it, you know what I mean? I'm not a fan, obviously I'm a Heat fan. <laughs> I don't want his ass to, have an MVP type season against us, game against us. Yeah. But um, you know, what I'm saying I I, I I wouldn't mind if he won it, man. I think he's 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 paid his dues.
1: You've been through a lot, though. What would you say yeah. was that that one moment though that you were like, okay, this is it—a part of a, a a bout of adversity an, an accomplishment, something that happened in your life and it was kind of the turning point
2: for you. I would probably say losing my father, losing my father, because at that point I had and doing so much, I had normalized so much. When I lost my father it was the first time I actually sought out for therapy. So the first time I went and got a therapist, it was the first time I felt like I needed to talk to somebody about all the stuff that had been going on. You know what I'm saying? Up until that point, it was like, you know, bury your mom, go to the funeral, get back to work. You know, bury your old boy, I mean, bury your, your granddaddy, you know, go to the funeral, go back to work. You know, bury your homeboy, go to the funeral, go back to work, you know what I'm saying? That was what it was. And when I lost my pops, I think everything caught up at once. And that's when I really needed to seek somebody to just talk to. And I think that was the thing that, you know what I'm saying, probably made the biggest difference. Because we all know life is about balance. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to even it out. You get too much of the bullshit, you're going to tip over. You might not get back up. So at that point, you know, I think that was a pivot in my life where I was vulnerable enough to say, yo, I need to talk to somebody about what's going on or what I've endured.
1: You know, it's crazy, when we were talking earlier and we speak about it all the time and Freddie T's a big proponent of therapy, but I always said, like, I was taught one, that depression or sadness was, wasn't necessarily an illness that black people could afford and black men. And you were told that you do just push through, that nobody cares about your problem. Some people happy that you have them and it does take something like what, what you went through. Think about all the stuff you mentioned, burying this person, burying this person, going through that. And it wasn't until that happened where you were finally like, yeah, I'm gonna go talk to somebody. It all caught up then, you know? Yeah. And at that point in your life, 40 years old.
2: Thank God I had the resources you know? to the, the, the know, you know what I'm saying, to pick up the phone and be able to call somebody because everybody don't have the resources. There, some people don't know who to call, you know what I'm saying? And they just internalize it and try to normalize it. And, Like I said, if I didn't have the resources and the platform that I had at that time when it all caught up with me, it could have been it could have been a tough situation for me because, like I said, it it all hit at once. My mom's my mom's death hit. You know, Fat Frank, you know, Lil Malcolm, Chip. Like I think everything hit at once. Weird. I don't know why, but it all hit at once. And at that time, I was like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go sit down with somebody.
0: And do you preach that a lot? That concept, because you being the tough guy you are, and like you just said, it's showing your vulnerability, man. That's a, like I know it, but that surprised me, man, and that's just awesome that you just say it. Like I had to get vulnerable.
2: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tell all my guys, boy, if you need to talk to somebody, don't feel, don't feel, don't feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. You can talk to me, mm-hmm. obviously, but if there's something more, mm-hmm. yeah, man, yeah, for sure. it. That, that ain't tough. No, man, you got to tap in, man. You got to do that for us to be the best version of ourselves out here for everything going on. Because the thing about it in life is, it's so much that you're not going to be able to control, that's going to come and hit you. The things that you can't control, you got to control those. But the things that you can't control, that's probably 70% of life. We What can we control? 25% of this shit we can control? The other 75 is out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to come how it's going to come. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And how you going to deal with it? How you going to get up? I was just at the point in my life, man, where I had, I got tired of getting up. Bro. I had to holler at somebody.
1: You know, we are celebrating not just what you've been as a man, but the career of Udonis Haslam. That's what's happening. And there's all these people in town, you in suites with Bad Bunny, you know, the, you you all over the place, D-Wade's here. So I want to read to you something that Eric Sposter said. He said this in 2020, y'all were in the bubble. And the story goes that Miami was one of the very few teams that was able to keep a lot of their players close. One, it's Miami who wants to leave and where else hell you gonna go. But they said a huge part of it was you, and you would check up on people and make sure everybody was doing well. Eric Sposter said, in the bubble, <clears throat> years on from here, when we'll say, what's the Miami Heat culture? We can describe it and say, hardest working team, most professional, best conditioned, and so forth. Or we can just pull up a picture of Udonis Haslam. As you're walking away, what does a quote like that mean to you?
2: That's what I strive to be, you know what I'm saying? That's what we were taught when we walked in this organization. That's what it was about. When the Alonzo Mornings were here before me and the the Ike Austins and the PJ Browns and the Dan Marleys and the Tim Hardaways and the Vashon and you know, all those guys who I watched when the arena was over town before it moved downtown, you know what I'm saying? When I was up there in the nosebleeds and those guys that I was watching, that was the standard. So that's what I aspired to be, you know what I'm saying? To, To know that I'm looked at that I've gotten that far that I've reached that and now I'm the bearer of that. I carry that and I and I and I exemplify that and I have to pass that because that is real. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm thankful. I'm honored um, and I'm appreciative but uh, you know, it's time to pass it to somebody else. You know what I'm saying and it's time for somebody else to run with that and and make it better because that's what you always want. You want the people to come behind you to make it better. It's like Zoe and those guys came before me, I was able to just make it a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? In the next generation, just make it a little bit better.
1: Like my mom and father, they refused to move out of their house. Just refused. Like Katrina tore it down. I built it back up. The next year it caught on fire. They wanted to move back into it because it's, it's their house but we've painted it and we fixed it and we've done construction and we've done all those things and everybody's cool with them. Everybody knows who they are because the inside of that house is still the same because it's still my parents, right? And it's still the same neighborhood that they grew up in. I think what you've done, man, is just continued to rebuild your house. You can still go back to the hood and get respect. You can do it in different places, but the reason people respect you all over is because the foundation is still the exact same that it was when you left Liberty City to go to Florida. I salute everything that you've done as a man, everything that you've done as a player, bro. And I just can't wait to see what that next step of Udonis Haslam's life is like. But from the pivot to you, man, you have absolutely done enough. And you you deserve an opportunity to relax. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. You, Thank brother. you, guys. Yes sir. Sure. That was dope. <laughs> we, we 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 held out long enough. Uh, <laughs>
2: now we got yeah. hey, we actually I held out, man. We actually got it at the right do. time now though. Oh, I wasn't yeah, going I wasn't yeah. going nowhere.
1: Hey, we got it at the right time now though. I wasn't going nowhere, man. I got I got to be I got to hey.
2: tell I got to hit you with the yeah, dog. Call me. I'll be I ain't shit <laughs> I'm waiting good. on y'all, man. I'm Let's like man I ain't going over there. You know, man. Hold up. The the biggest the cap Pinning it. I thought they here to witness it, got my people feeling militant uh, Way I'm feeling get me up, uh, on the mission get me up uh, Knowing me I got the key, uh, Only bitch vision I can trust, uh, trust uh, Limitless, take a stomach cap in it uh, I thought they here to witness it, got my people feeling militant uh, Way I'm feeling
1: get me up, uh, on the mission get me up